Welcome to The Upward Journey, the weekly podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship, located in Flat Rock, North Carolina. In this series, we take a look at the various proofs surrounding the burial and resurrection of Jesus. Discover what it means to have questions and even healthy skepticism as long as you are willing to explore the evidence. Join us now for The Upward Journey. We continue and conclude this week our series on the evidence, and we've been looking at the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad there's solid evidence that points to the fact that our Savior Jesus Christ actually bodily rose from the dead? I'm excited about that evidence, and we've been trying to do a couple of things in this series. Number one, we've wanted to invite the skeptical to the table to have a conversation about our faith. We've wanted to open our hearts and open our, our lives to those who are skeptical about our faith and begin a conversation with them about real evidence that we believe they should consider. So if you're a skeptical person out there about the faith, understand we're reaching out to you with evidence. We've also, uh, it's been our endeavor to reach out to the believer and to equip you to speak to your friends and share your faith in Jesus Christ with them. That's what we do at Upward. We share our faith. Our faith is a very public faith, so we talk about our faith with our friends. And we've wanted to give you some equipment, some uh, answers, some evidence, so that you could speak to your friends intelligently about your faith and answer some of their questions. Now, I want to say this to the skeptical people. Now, hear me today. If you're skeptical, hear me. It's okay. And you're okay. It's good to ask questions. It's good to demand evidence. It's good to search out something before you jump into it. If we're honest about it, transparent about it as Christians, we're willing to admit that our Bible makes some outlandish claims. I mean, we believe it. But our Bible makes some claims that sound impossible. In the Old Testament, you have uh, Moses leading the children of Israel up to the Red Sea. And the Bible says that God opened up the sea and the children of Israel walked across on dry ground. And just when they got to the other side, their enemies, the Egyptians, went down into the Red Sea and it closed up on them. That sounds like a movie. That sounds like something Hollywood would make up. Right? It's outlandish. It's an incredible claim. In the Old Testament, we have this rebellious preacher who God told him to go over here. Instead of going over here, he went over there running from God. And God caused a great fish, a big fish, to swallow him up. And after he repented, after he finally <laughs> prayed a few prayers, the fish spit him up somewhere on the shore and he went where God told him to go. That's pretty tough to believe. To the skeptic, it's hard to believe. In the New Testament, I mean, we have Jesus, Peter asked Jesus about paying taxes, and Jesus said, go out and catch a fish, and the first fish you catch will have your tax payment in his mouth. You remember that song we sang, do it again? Do that again, Lord. Can anybody say, do that for me, Jesus? I'd love to go fishing on April 15th and just get my taxes paid. That'd be wonderful. Tough to believe. Another occasion, Jesus encountered a blind man, and he, instead of touching him, Jesus spit on the ground and made a mud pie and put it in the guy's eyes, and the guy was healed. I mean, we have a Bible that is full of some outlandish claims, and if you're skeptical, it's okay. In fact, if you're skeptical, I want you to understand you're not alone. 
Jesus, when he came to earth, had the opportunity to pick 12 disciples from everybody on planet earth. And he picked 12 men. Would it surprise you that among those 12 he picked, there were many skeptics? You're not alone. Jesus had skeptics on his own team. If you struggle with doubt, Jesus had those guys right there. In fact, in Matthew it says, even after Jesus rose from the dead, the disciples were with him. It said, and they worshipped him, but some doubted. Even when they saw it with their own eyes, it was just too incredible for them to believe it to be true. Jesus invites your honest skepticism to come to him to take a look at the evidence and to make a decision based on real evidence that you can see. Now, we're going to look at one of the skeptics among the 12 disciples today, and, and he's got kind of a bad reputation. We call him Doubting Thomas. He's called Doubting Thomas all over the world. The truth of it is, all the disciples struggled with doubt. Thomas was just more vocal with his doubt than everybody else. How many of you know people who they say what everybody else in the room is thinking? Sometimes you'll be in an awkward situation and everybody's thinking something, but nobody wants to say it. But how many have that friend who always says what everybody in the room is thinking? How many have a friend like that? How many are that friend that you tend to say what everybody else is thinking? I was in a store the other day. Funny thing, this lady came walking in and she had on a skin-tight pair of pants. I mean skin-tight. Not only that, they were skin-colored. It looked like she was naked. And she came walking in, and people just gasped. And she was walking around the store, and I thought, Lord, somebody's going to say something. How many of you have ever, ever raised a toddler? <laughs> what do they do? They say what everybody else is thinking. Wasn't five minutes when I heard from a couple eyes, owls down. The lady was down there shopping, and I heard a little voice say, Mommy, look, that lady's naked. <laughs> Thomas was that guy. He said the awkward thing that everybody else was thinking. In John 14, Jesus told the disciples, I'm going away. And he said, but you know the place I'm going, and you know the way to get there. And the disciples were kind of looking at each other, thinking, what is he talking about? None of them spoke up except our man Thomas. He said, Jesus, wait a minute. We don't know the way. We don't have any idea what you're talking about. And Jesus explained to him and said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas was a vocal skeptic who became an ardent believer in Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at his journey today and find out how he went from skeptic to believer. How he went from the evidence to a walk of faith. Now, I want to tell you this about Thomas. And I believe this is true about many skeptics. Their skepticism arises out of pain. Their skepticism arises out of a place in their life, a time in their life when they've been wounded... And often because of a wounded heart, they will throw up all kinds of intellectual obstacles to God. I believe with all of my heart, church, believers, if you're here today and you're part of the church, I want you to hear this today. I believe that we have to learn how to reach out to the skeptics. 
Because in our culture, we're not dealing with people who are already convinced about our faith. We're dealing with people who are far from God. We're dealing with a generation that is inherently skeptical. And if we do not learn to reach out to skeptics, we're going to be meaningless. We're not going to have an impact. We're just going to have church services while the world continues to go to destruction. We've got to learn how to relate to the skeptics. Right? I'll just submit to you this. If you're a skeptic, if you're in church, I'll tell you this. I don't think the church has always done a very good job of reaching out to skeptical people. Many times we've gotten offended and said, well, how dare you question our faith? Listen, folks, we want people to question our faith. We want people to investigate our faith. We want people to bring their questions to Jesus. How should we treat skeptics? Well, why don't we look at how Jesus treated the skeptics? What did he do? To the skeptics, he felt their pain. He knew what they were going through. He knew what they felt. I want us to ask the Lord to help us to move past people's attitude and see their pain. Anybody encountered anybody this week with a bad attitude? Anybody? You've been cut off on the road. I was going down 26 the other day, and I was going down a pretty... I was in the left lane, and I was driving fast enough to be in the left lane. Backed a little faster. And all of a sudden, a person got behind me, blowing the horn, shaking their fist. They wanted to go 95 miles an hour, and they wanted me out of the way. So I got out of the way, and I let them by. And I didn't make any signals to them as they passed by, even though they made signals at me. You know what we tend to do when we encounter an attitude? When we get an attitude that's dialed up, we tend to dial our attitude up. Am I, am I telling the truth? We see somebody with an attitude, we ramp up our attitude. And then they have to turn the dial a little higher, and we turn it a little higher. But, and before long, everybody's on this level where we're just fighting with each other. That's not going to solve anything. Instead of turning the dial up, why not look past the attitude to the pain that's inside of them and let Jesus flow through you to reach out to them? And touch their pain. See, I think Thomas had some pain. He had an attitude in his skepticism. And I think it was because, the first thing I want to share with you today, that Thomas felt left out. Thomas felt left out. Say, why is this? Well, let me illustrate it for you. You remember getting your yearbook in high school or in college, the excitement of getting a yearbook? And what we often did, we'd sit down with our friends and start signing yearbooks and looking through them and laughing at all the pictures. I remember one time in college, we got our yearbooks, and I was sitting with a circle of my closest friends. There were about 20 of us, and we all were really close friends. And we were sitting there looking at yearbooks, and I flipped to one page, and there was a big party, and all of them were there. Every one of them were there. They were at the house of a good friend of mine, and there must have been 10 pictures of that in the yearbook. And I was looking through those pictures, and there was only one person missing. Me. And I literally said to my friends, I said, what is this? You had this huge party at this house. I mean, you could see the good food and the good time they were having. I said, where was I? Have you ever felt left out? Have you ever felt like other people are just passing you by and not noticing you or... If you're not careful, the feeling of being left out can be a permanent spirit of rejection over your life. That you just feel rejected. 
You feel second class. You feel like everywhere you go, you're just on the outside. That kind of feeling often gives rise to skepticism. That's exactly what happened to Thomas. Here's what happened in John 20, 24 that made Thomas feel left out. said, one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Imagine this. You've been cowering in fear. All the disciples were doing this. They were hiding in fear. Jesus had died. They're waiting on something to happen. One day, Thomas goes out to get food. I don't know if this happened this way or not, but I know for some reason he wasn't there. Let's say they sent Thomas out to get hamburgers for everybody. <laughs> While Thomas is waiting in the drive-thru, <laughs> Jesus appears to them. Then Thomas gets back with all the food and said, food for everybody. And they said, Thomas, you're not going to believe what happened. It was awesome. We have seen the Lord. How would you have felt? I'm ticked off. How could Jesus, after all we've been through, show up and reveal himself to all these guys on the very day that I'm out running an errand somewhere? One day I'm not there and Jesus shows up. I would have felt left out. In fact, I, I sense it in Thomas' response. When they said, we have seen the Lord, Thomas didn't get excited about it. Thomas wasn't overjoyed at the revelation they'd had. He said, well, I'll not believe it. He's got an attitude. He said, I'll, John 20, 25, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into his wounds, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Do you get the attitude? I'm going to put my finger through his wound and stick my hand in his side before I believe it. Pain leads to skepticism. Thomas felt left out. We've got to learn to reach a generation that feels left out. You know what Jesus did for the skeptics? Jesus went to the skeptics. How do I know that? It's what he did for Thomas. How many of you would believe that Jesus heard what Thomas said? How many of you think Jesus heard it? How many would be willing to believe that Jesus would make a special trip back to Thomas just for him? That's exactly what happened. See, Thomas, who had been feeling left out, Thomas was now sought out by Jesus Christ. When Jesus sees your feeling of left out, he will seek you out. He's now sought out by Jesus Christ. Verse 26 says, eight days later, a week goes by. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and I believe he came back just for Thomas because he heard what Thomas was saying. He heard his skepticism. He felt his pain, and he came back to reveal himself to Thomas. Do you love those gotcha moments when you know something and they don't know that you know? Do you like those moments when, when you can just gotcha Anybody like that or not? Is it just me? Am I the only evil person in here who enjoys that? When Alexa and I first started dating, we were in a, in a restaurant. We were in Honduras, and I think we were speaking to each other in Spanish for a moment there. And this couple comes and sits down next to us from the United States of America, and they assumed we don't speak English. And they sat there and talked about us the whole time. 
So we kept speaking Spanish and kept listening. I went to the restroom later and the guy came in and he's washing his hands, looking over at me. And I said, how you doing, bud? I live for those moments. Jesus had a gotcha moment with Thomas. Jesus shows up eight days later, and this is what he said to Thomas. Put your finger here. I heard what you said. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Go ahead. Now, Jesus didn't have that attitude that I had. What Jesus is doing, he sought Thomas out to reveal the evidence to him. He wasn't afraid of Thomas seeing it. He's saying, listen, I'm here. It's real. What happened to me is real, and I'm alive again. He invited Thomas to explore his doubt by seeing the evidence. He said, touch me. He allowed the skeptic. Jesus is saying, come on, big boy. I'm right here. This is what you said. Believe in me. If you're a skeptic here this morning, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ has a way of revealing himself. You may be sick of church. It's okay. You can be skeptical. It's okay. We're going to give you a free pass today. You can hate church. It's okay. But I want to challenge you today to do something. I want to challenge you today to pray a big prayer. Say, I'm not getting saved today. That's okay. I'm not going to make it. That's okay. Just do this. Would you be willing to say... One prayer to Jesus. Say, Jesus, if you're real, show yourself to me. Would you be willing to pray that? I mean, you may not find Jesus right here at Upward. We want to help you on that journey. What I'm telling you this morning is Jesus has a way of revealing himself to people personally. It's not something you heard a preacher say, and it's not something you heard a church say. You met him personally. And he showed himself to you. I want to challenge you to pray that because Jesus came back just to show himself to Thomas. That's how much he loves the skeptic. He sought him out. He came to him. So Thomas was left out. Then Thomas was sought out by Jesus. And lastly today, Thomas stepped out. He stepped out in faith. He made a powerful declaration. In the Greek language, it's very powerful. Uh, kurios mu, theos mu means Lord of me, God of me. In the English, we say my Lord and my God. Thomas made two declarations that are pretty powerful. He said, you're my Lord, you're my master. That wasn't really new. What was new is the second thing he said, you're my God. He called him, called him in the Greek, theos, which means God. Understand this, one of the most ardent skeptics in Jesus' own team was the first one after the resurrection to call Jesus God. He beat, as far as what is recorded, he was the first one to say, you're not just my master, you're not just my Lord, you are now my God. Hear me today, that was a big leap for a Jewish man in his day. 
to declare that a man he could see was God was huge. But Thomas stepped out in faith. You know, there's no recording in the Bible that he actually went up and put his fingers there or put his hand in his side. It's not recorded in Scripture that, it, that he did that at all. It just seems that he was overwhelmed by the sight of Jesus seeking him out that he declared Jesus immediately as Lord and God over his life. He stepped out in faith. He saw the evidence and made a decision to step out into a walk of faith. Now, you may think, well, you know, that's good for old Tommy. I don't believe because Tommy had Jesus standing right there in front of him, and he says, well, yeah, of course it's easy for him. If Jesus will just show up and reveal himself to me, then I'll, well, be careful praying that. We have a young lady who's going to give her testimony Wednesday night, May the 2nd. And she went from an ardent atheist to a devoted follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. Just happened in the last year right here in front of us. She visited here at the church and her daughter had invited her to come and she came here with all her defenses up. She said that first day... Jesus cleared up a lot of her misconceptions about the church. Came back the next Sunday and she asked Jesus to come into her life. And you know what she said? She said that week, I don't want to tell her whole story. She's got a lot more to tell. But she said that week, Jesus revealed himself to me personally. I love that. We didn't reveal Jesus to her. We just helped with the misconceptions and Jesus came in and showed himself in her life. If you're a skeptic here listening to this message today, I want to challenge you to pray that prayer and say, Jesus, show me the evidence. Show me that you're real. Reveal yourself to me. But here's what Jesus said. You say, good for old Thomas. Uh, he can believe in Christ because he saw him. Jesus said this in verse 29. He said, you believe, Thomas, because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. He's talking about us. He's saying there is a group of people out there who will not have the opportunity to witness my bodily resurrection like you did. Blessed are they who put their faith in me before they see anything, before they're able to comprehend it through their eyes and through their five senses. They trust me. See, here's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was reaching out and he was talking about us. He was reaching out to future generations that would believe in him without seeing him bodily. But he was also doing this for Thomas and the other disciples. He was calling them to a deeper relationship with, them, with him than they had. See, you can choose to walk by what you see. But God has more for you than that. I want to I give you this statement. I said it today and it's hard to understand. You can be saved and still be miserable. You can get to heaven and not have a whole lot of fun getting there. You can be forgiven and not victorious. Hear me today. You can receive Christ as the Savior and Lord of your life and still live your life by what you see. God's calling us today to live not by what we see, but rather by what he says. Can I get an amen? We're starting a series next week called Frequency. 
We're going to take six weeks and we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God on different frequencies that He speaks to us through. I can tell you're really excited. We're going to learn how to hear from God through His Word, how to hear from God through His Spirit, how to hear from God through His body, through other believers, through other people, through friends and family that speak into our lives. We're going to learn how to hear Him through silence. We're going to learn how to hear Him through pain. Different frequencies that He speaks to us. Amen? How many want to hear something from Jesus? How many would like to live by what God says rather than what you see? See, that's a deeper walk. I want those of you who are Christians to make up your mind today that you're going to live a walk of faith rather than a life of evidence. Rather than having to see. Jesus said it's a blessing to enter into faith through what you see. That wasn't a problem. He said, Thomas, good. You believe because you've seen, but there's something more. It's believing when you don't see. See, here's why that's so important. Because what God has for your future is bigger than you can get your mind around. What God has for your future is bigger than you can get your mind around. When I first came to Upward Christian Fellowship 21 years ago, when we first came, we sat down with the board, and I'll never forget, I asked them, I said, where do you guys want to go? They said, one day we want to have 200 on Sunday morning. And I thought, man, we can do it. And I thought, if we're faithful after 20 years, maybe we'll see 500 worshiping together. We didn't dream it would be like this. We couldn't see that. We couldn't see that on a regular Sunday, a thousand people would come here together to worship Jesus. We didn't know that. We couldn't dream it. Right? I remember a particular time in our journey. It wasn't all easy. It wasn't all fun. It wasn't all just, wasn't all upward. It was a little downward in all the upward I remember one particular time I was sitting in a room with a group of people and we had suffered a major setback that just about broke my courage and my spirit and we were sitting around just crying because it really didn't look like it was going to happen. We weren't on this property yet. We were looking at it and we suffered a blow that took the wind out of our sails and it looked like it was just over. And I sat there and cried and they did too. We just cried. And then God spoke to us. And i got to be honest with you, at the time, I wasn't sure it was God. But looking back, I know it was God. And you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, you're contending now for souls that will come to me decades in the future. You with me? We were fighting a battle then that would open a harvest that we're still seeing today. The young lady that's going to give her testimony, we were fighting a battle right then that would influence her life for Jesus Christ 20 years ago. And here's the truth. If we had walked by what we saw, we would have quit. But we believe God for what He said, not what we saw in front of us. Walking in faith is a way to open your life to blessings that you cannot comprehend by sight. Would you let Jesus call you to that deeper level?
Would you let Jesus call you to a walk of faith as he did Thomas? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. I want to talk to three groups of people here today. As we prepared this message and prayed over it this week, we really felt led to talk to three groups. Number one, you've been hurt by something. And the hurt that's inside of you is building skepticism in your life against God. Jesus spoke to Thomas when he did. He said, Thomas, don't become faithless. In the Greek, it says don't be faithless, but in the Greek, it means don't become faithless. What, what he's saying to Thomas is, your skepticism is taking you to a place farther away from me. And pain and skepticism can draw you away from Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today to open your heart to ask Jesus to come in and heal your deepest hurts. There's another group there of skeptics who you're not ready to get saved. You're not ready to, to jump in and say, I'm ready to just make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to ask you to pray that prayer where you say, Jesus, if you are real, if you are real, show yourself to me, and he will. How many believe that he will? Third group of people, you're Christians, you know Christ, you're serving him. But you need to go to a deeper level of relationship with Jesus. A relationship in which you stop looking at circumstances all around you. And you believe what God said. Can I get an amen? You believe what he said over what you're seeing. And he'll take you beyond your wildest dreams. Bow your heads with me today. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship, you can look up our website at www.ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash upwardchristianfellowship. Join us next week for the Upward Journey.